This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. And to begin tonight's entertainment, we're going to be enjoying the talents of Vincent Price, actor, writer, and gourmet chef. Vincent Price was born in St. Louis, Missouri. He traveled through Europe, studied at Yale, and then became an actor. He made his screen debut in 1938, and after many minor roles, he began to perform in low-budget horror movies, such as The House of Wax in 1953. He's known for his distinctive, low-pitched, creaky atmospheric voice, and his quizzical, mock-serious facial expressions. He went on to star in a series of acclaimed gothic horror movies such as The Pit and the Pendulum. He abandoned films in the mid-70s, going on to present cooking programs for television. And he wrote A Treasury of Great Recipes with his second wife, Mary, in 1965. Tonight's episode is entitled The Cowboy. Adventures of The Saint, starring Tom Conway. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Tom Conway as... The Saint. Coming. Oh. Yes? Uh, ain't you going to ask me in, partner? Look, cowboy, if you've lost your horse... Well, I... Let me in. I got to talk to you. I got to. All right. Uh, come in, partner. What can I do for you? You Templar? The man they call the Saint? That's what's engraved on my halo. Well, uh, I'm McGowan. They call me Tex. Well, um, it fits. Born and raised in Texas and aiming to die there. Uh, somebody's stopping you? Somebody don't care where it happens, just so long as it's now. Here, look at this hat. Oh. A funny place for air holes. Not so funny when they're bullet holes, though. Run out of rufflers to shoot at? I was bushwhacked, partner. I was stepping out of a taxi and some sidewinded bushwhacking polecat took a shot at me. Well, we'll hit him off at Eagle Pass. Go on. Well, I came to New York to have fun, not to be killed. That's logical. You reckon you can ride shotgun on me? You've got me confused with the police department. I understand they have a special bureau that does nothing but protect visiting cars. I don't want the police department. I'll pay. Uh, 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 uh. I'm not in business. Uh, look, money's money and you're human. Oh, so you've noticed that, have you? And I ain't exactly a poor man. Raising beef's a big money business these days. Yes, yeah, so is buying it. 
Uh, what do you fellas fatten those cows on that makes a steak so expensive? Broccoli? <laughs> hey, you don't want my money? Oh, it's only money. Uh, how about a cow? Oh, that's an interesting thought. Uh, but the management of this apartment house is so stuffy. The only livestock permitted is dogs and cats. Oh, I don't mean a cow on the hoof, one for the broiler. Uh, uh, I beg your pardon? When I get home, I'll personally airmail you once a week the best darn steak this side of Fort Worth. Oh, you interest me. Well? I'm bought. Go ahead and brand me. Huh, good. Uh, you made me feel better. You made me feel hungry. Just see that I don't get killed, partner. That's all you're supposed to do. I um, always like to do a little more than I'm supposed to. I'll see that neither of us gets killed. Now, what's all the shooting for? In a couple of days, I'm going to Chicago to have a talk with the fella. The fella knows I'm coming, and he ain't hankering none to see me. Oh, so he sent someone to head you off with a gun? Yeah. Hmm? Why? Oh, it's just a little business matter. You see, he... Oh, but come on, partner. Tell you all about it somewhere else. This is New York City. Let's go live it up some. And we can talk during it. And what have you got in mind? Heard about a saloon where a dozen pretty gals come out and dance the can-can. <laughs> I'm fixing to cut one out from the herd. Yahoo! Hey, Jack. What's the matter, partner? All out of bubble water? No, but that little talk we're going to Waiter, where's that other case of champagne I ordered? You haven't told me what he did. Well, who's that, Simon? The fellow in Chicago. Oh, him. The varmint's only been short waiting me on my beef, that's all. Know what I mean? Yes, my butcher invented it. A thousand head of... That's it, boys. Fill up them glasses. We're gonna liver up tonight. <laughs> now, Mr. Templer, Greenwich Village. 52nd Street. Now, about Chicago. <laughs> you know, uh, I got a sudden hankering to see that old horse of mine. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, please, Ted, don't cry. Now, when you get to Chicago... He's just an old cow pony, but I wouldn't swap him for all the horses in Kentucky. Yes, I felt that way about a girl once. Now, about the man in Chicago. Oh, that crimson polecat. Oh, so you do remember him. He underweighed a thousand head of my steers on a rigged-up scale. Cost me 20, maybe 30 pounds a head. Oh, that's a lot of T-bones. Who is this fellow? Oh, he's... Uh, <laughs> just now decided something. What? Next time I come to New York City, I'm bringing that old horse with me. Got a feeling he'd kind of like all this. Where are we now, partner? 52nd Street. No, Greenwich Village. Who'd you say the man in Chicago was? The critter who's been jobbing all my cattle out of the Chicago market the last ten years or so. Yoo-hoo! Uh, no telling how many pounds of beef he bamboozled me out of and all that time. So you're going to blow the whistle on him, huh? Huh? Meaning what? Tell the police. Nope. I ain't even telling you, partner. I want this critter all of myself, Texas style. Yahoo! That Yankee music is wonderful. Warms a waddy's blood. Where do we go from here? Home. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just wait here a moment, driver. That's a new twist. You always take a little walk before you pay off the cab, driver. Only when I'm paying bodyguard. How much? One forty, it says. Who are you looking for? Brownies. Help me haul my cowboy friend inside, will you? I don't think I'll be able to wake him. <laughs> Not wake him. He left. What? There's a saloon across the street, buddy. He's making a beeline for it. Oh, for the love of... Here, wait a minute, a buck forty. Here, keep the change. Yeah, thanks. Tick, tick. Wait a minute, you darn fool. I... Tick. Tick. Stand back, brother. Do you want it, too? You murderous rat, you dirty... No, you do want it, okay? Turn it up. Lousy gun jam. Now it's going to be jammed down your throat, killer. I'm going to... Oh. Nice work, Stanley. Come on, Vic. Let's get out of here. Well, now, Mr. Templer. Hello, nurse. And how are we today? You're fine. How am I? I'll let you know just as soon as I've checked your pulse. What are you doing for dinner tonight? Oh, I have a date. Mm, too bad. Besides, you're not leaving the hospital until tomorrow. How can you ask me out? Oh, it's uh, just a form of exercising. You're very beautiful. Mr. Templer, if you keep me talking, how can I check your pulse? Why bother? To see if it's normal, of course. Well, if my pulse is normal when you check it, then uh, I'm not. Oh, you and your jokes. Oh, I, I forgot. You have another visitor. Oh, blonde or brunette? Redhead. Oh, cute. I think so. Mm, but you wouldn't. No? It's that nice young lieutenant from the homicide bureau. Oh, again. I, uh, I suppose it would be pointless to tell him I'm out. Can I come in, Zeppelin? Obviously. Come in, Lieutenant Varden. I was just going. Thank you, Molly. You're welcome, Lieutenant. You, uh... You don't have to ask, Lieutenant Martin. The answer is no. Thanks. Now it's a question. Have I remembered anything I forgot to mention about Tex McGowan's killer? Isn't it? No. This time I'm here with an invitation. Oh, a party. The morgue. And, oh, the, the doctor told me I was past the critical stage. The picture morgue down at headquarters. More romantically known as Rugs Gallery. Oh, you want me to look at faces? Yeah, as soon as you're strong enough. Might just be that the guy who dumped McGowan left his face with us one time or another. Well, it'll be a nice change in the routine. Uh, what will? Uh, getting out of here. Hand me my clothes, Lieutenant. Now, wait a minute. You're not due to blow this joint till tomorrow. Lieutenant Varden, are you a public servant? Well, I'm a cop, so I'm a public servant. Hand me my clothes. You sure? Positive. Besides, there's very little point in a patient staying in the hospital when he's making so little progress. Clearing up a concussion in three days' time isn't progress? Uh, I mean, with that nurse. I'm not getting anywhere. Yeah, I know. You know? Uh-huh. Because I am. Oh, now, don't look at me like that. Ain't we public servants got to live, too, you know? Mm. Well, come on. We'll go look at pictures. Well? No. This one? 
No. Now take a look through these. No. Oh. I'll take this one. Huh? Oh, for... <laughs> How did a pinup girl's picture get in here? I don't know, but it certainly breaks the monotony. This one? No. This? No. How about... No. One of these? Well, well. The guy who killed Tex McGowan? No, my old geometry teacher. This? No. Here? Oh. Oh, pardon me. No. Him? Mm-mm. Hey. Yeah, I know. The boy most likely to succeed in your graduating class. The boy most likely to get the electric chair for shooting down Tex McGowan. At last. You sure? Like Stanley finding Livingston. Nick Nemoshenko, check Chicago police files. It's practically done. Thanks, Tupper. Thanks, refused. I've got a slight interest in this trigger man myself, you know. If you don't believe me, ask my head. I see what you mean. Will you stay until I check on Nemoshenko? I'll stay. Where? Chicago. Cops out there grabbed him when he came off a plane. Good. You going? Uh-huh. You want it? Delighted. Nice of you to ask. You can clinch the identification for us. When are we leaving? Well, it's a train at midnight. Enough time for you? I'll go home and pack a bag. Suppose I pick you up at your apartment in about half hour? I'll be ready. Thanks again for the invitation, Varden. And, uh, Lieutenant, mm? I uh, think I'll forgive you. Forgive me? For stealing my nurse while I was unconscious. About time you got home, Saint. Huh? What? You know what I am? Uh, animal, vegetable, or mineral? I'm the fella that watched you come out of the little building at police headquarters where they keep the pictures. Well, it's an interesting hobby, I admit, but... I uh... slugged you once, Saint, when my cousin's gun jammed up the other night. I guess now I gotta make it more permanent. Uh, don't bother on my account. It's on my cousin's account. You're the only fella can send him to the hot seat. You're the only eyewitness. He killed that cowboy. Uh, you'll, uh, excuse me while I get on with my packing, won't you? I... Where you're going, Saint, you ain't gonna need to pack nothing for. No? You think you're going to Chicago, but you ain't, Saint. Well... Must you be poetic at a time like this? You ain't gonna go to Chicago and put no finger on Nick. Oh, now, wait a minute. I, I... Are you gonna go to Chicago and I'm gonna beat you to death right here in New York? Well, it is for me. Oh. You call that an answer? Who's that? Detective Lieutenant Varden. Would you like to meet him? We'll see you again, sir. Come in, Varden. Butler? What are you sitting on the floor for? I've been entertaining. You know, company. Yeah? What happened to him? Oh, well, no use going after them. Out the service door. Tranquilly flew. Shy? Only a policeman. So he belted you, huh? They caught me with my vitality down. Remember, I was a hospital case only the day before yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need protecting. Come on, let's catch that train. You can tell me the whole sad story on the way to the station. Uh, 
think this train had a second coat of paint. Because that's what we caught it by. Here. This is us, drawing room D. Excuse me. Could one of you gentlemen tell me where to find drawing room C? Yeah. The one right there? Uh, you'd better let me handle it, Varden. You policemen are so dropped. Uh, drawing room C? Huh? Uh-huh. I'm so helpless on trains. Oh, that's a pity. Always lost. Uh, I'm always finding things. Are you? I... Oh, there's drawing room C right next to yours. We're neighbors. Well, sometimes that's uh, a very interesting relationship. If you should ever want to borrow anything, neighbor, I... Oh, I've got everything. Yes, you have. But if you should need something, well, after all, what a neighbor's for. I never was really sure until now. Well, goodbye, neighbor. You know, Lieutenant, these trains are getting better equipment all the time. Varden. Lieutenant. Hmm? Oh, what's my day on? Get her off your mind. She'll be there when you get back. Although they are rather prone to elope with interns. Sampler, what are you talking about? My nurse, or uh, should I say our nurse. Get her off your mind and start concentrating on who hired Nick Nikoshenko to smoke down Tex McGowan. Hey, hey, where are you going? Uh, you don't have to be a detective to guess that. Oh, yeah. uh, uh-huh. I'm, uh, Tired of cards. I'm, I'm going to be neighborly for a while. Yes. Oh, it's you, neighbor. See, I uh, knew it would come to this. I'd like to borrow something. What have you got in mind? Oh, anything. What have you got? Maybe we'd better talk it over. My name's Linda Jarvis. Simon Templer. Oh, it sounds very distinguished. Won't you come in? All my life I've been easily persuaded. Now, I want you to tell me all about yourself. You going to Chicago for business? Pleasure? Well, uh, it started out to be business. And your friend, when I first met you in the corridor before, didn't... Didn't I hear you say he was a, a policeman? Oh, did you? Well, he's fascinated by crime and policemen. And I bet you're going to Chicago to arrest somebody. Oh, you must tell me about it, please. It, it, it's so fascinating. Only in the comic books. The man you're going to arrest, what did he do? Is he a bank robber, a murderer? Please tell me everything. I'm all ears. You are? Well, fancy that. <laughs> Simon, still enjoyed the trip, but it didn't tell me half of what I expected to hear about crime and criminals. Well, and... there were many more important things to talk about. Uh, do you happen to have a phone number handy? Only my own. But I don't think I'm going to give it to you. Now, is that being neighborly? Why, we were... Uh-oh. Hmm? Lieutenant Varden, on his way to fetch me, there's an impatient look on his face. Look, Linda, when can I see you again? That's all right. I don't mean to break up what appears to be a beautiful friendship, but we're expected at Chicago Police Headquarters today. In other words, right about... Whoa! Pardon! Hit me in the arm. No, only in the arm. 
Linda! She blew right after the shot. Look, I'll be all right. You go after her. All right, Barton. Excuse me, please. Let me through, please. Please, let me through. Come on. Girl, tall, brunette. You see her? In that cab. The one turning out up there. Follow her. Hurry. Hey, mister. Her cab's stopping. So I see. Pull up to the curb right here. He's getting up. Going in that apartment house. Okay. This is the end of the line. Wait for me. It ain't gonna be long, is it? My ship ends in a half an hour. I've been pushing this hack all night. I'll be back in a few minutes. Don't worry about it. Who is it? Lives of Miss Jervis. Flowers for... All right. So I'm not a rose. Sure I can, see? I'm in. How dare you? This is outrageous. Not nearly as outrageous as putting a finger on a fellow so that a rifleman knows who to shoot down. I haven't the slightest idea what you're talking about. Oh, sure you have, baby. Sure you have. That bullet was for me, wasn't it? Lieutenant Barton just happened to stroll into it. Simon, darling, why should... Why should I want to have you killed? I don't know you that well. But you know me well enough to know that I'm the only eyewitness to a murder. And that I should be eliminated, don't you? But I... What reason would I have? If I should fail to identify a certain Nick Nimoshenko as the gunman who shot down Tex McGowan, then the possibility of Mr. Nimoshenko telling who hired him to do the job is very slight. I still have no idea what you're talking about. Then suppose we go down to police headquarters and I'll tell you all about it. Well, it's about time. How long was I supposed to keep him talking before you were ready to swing that club? Oh, I thought I'd let him feel he was living for a while. You know, Linda, I told this sucker he hadn't ought to come to Chicago. Oh, I told him. Oh. George! Beginning to wake up, is he? Uh-huh. Oh, splendid. There's some questions I must ask him. He's beginning to flutter his eyes, boss. What? Oh, yes, sir. What are you three staring at? Haven't you ever seen a man with two heads before? Feeling better, Mr. Templer? Not as good as when I was unconscious. It can be arranged, sucker. Making you unconscious is how I earn my pay. You had a better future when you were swinging through the trees. Huh? At least you were your own boss. That mean you're calling me an ape? <sighs> the fur fits. Wear it. All right, wise guy. Now Never I'll... Never mind, Stanley. Uh... Stanley. Throw him a banana. Why? Oh, Stanley! All right, uh... Better not irritate him. Simon, darling. He's hot-headed. And soon he'll be sitting in a chair that's going to make him hot all over. And so will you, Linda. And last night on the train, you said such sweet things to me. Remember? I remember. Next time I go anywhere, I'll ride a freight. You meet a better class of tramps. Georgie's grouchy. Aren't you, Simon, darling? Stop pestering him, Linda. Let's get on with this. Yes, let's. Uh, Tex McGowan was a talkative man, was he not? You tell me. It's hardly likely that you'd agree to interest yourself in this affair without knowing all the facts. Uh, facts uh, concerning me. 
Uh, who are you? Uh, what do you do besides uh, train eight? George Haggerty. I'm a cattle broker. Oh. I'll bet you haven't been called Honest Wade Haggerty much lately. Ah, so he did tell you. Uh, what you do to a scale could uh, outmode reducing diets. What else did McGowan tell you? Uh, you've had it, no spring. Stanley. Okay, boy. The pleasure is mine. <laughs> all right, all right, Stanley. Let's keep him conscious for a while, shall we? Uh, you needn't bother. Uh, Mr. Temple, I trust you don't think all this is just idle curiosity on my part. Oh, don't apologize. I want to know how much McGowan told you so that I'll know how much you might have told the police. Thanks for the blueprint. What I mean is, if certain facts are known to the police, then it might be, uh... Well, it's quite possible, that is, that they'll be able to... Stop stabbing yourself. You want to know if the police have anything that establishes you as Nimoshenko's sponsor. Well, uh, have they? Next time you see your barber, get the top of your head shaved. The ones up at Sing Sing are so messy. You're lying. They don't now. Okay, I'm lying. Sweat it out, killer. Sweat it out. You mean beat it out, don't you? Stanley. I'm right. Once over lightly again. Not too lightly. But don't kill him until later. Temper, going to talk to me now? What's the use, George? I'll never tell the truth. I know. I had a date with him. You're boasting. This is just a waste of time. Let Stanley get it over with. That's what I say, boss. If the cops knew anything about us, they'd have been here a long time ago. Yes, I suppose you're right. All right, Stanley. How do you want it done? Oh, anyway, I don't care. Well, I do. That's what attracted me to you from the start, Linda. You looked like a neat housekeeper. Shut up. All right, take him out of here and throw him into Lake Michigan. Uh, but uh, I didn't bring my bathing suit. Who? I have the least idea. Shall I answer? You'll have to. The doorman knows you're in. Very well. Whoever it is, get rid of him and fast. Yes, what? Let me in. I'm yes, looking what? for a guy and I'm going to pin his ears back. That's what I'm going to do. But I... Look here, you can't break into here like oh, that. Okay. You'd be surprised at what I can do when I'm sore and believe me, I'm... Oh. So there you are. Hello, Captain Carson. Go, go, giving me no lip, brother. I told you I was off duty in a half an hour, and you said that you... Hey, how'd you get your face all banged up? Oh, it's all in the day's work. What's going on here? You've got your men stationed at all possible exits, Captain? Well, I... Haven't you, Captain? Well, sure. Oh, yeah, they're surrounding the whole building. Fine, Captain. And here are your three murderers, just as I promised. Now we'll Wait see. a minute. This doesn't look like any cop I've ever seen. No, I... Don't let him reach for that gun. Oh, no, you don't. Let me go. Give me that gun. Thank you. Stanley, Stanley, get him, get him. Not me. I ain't going to hit no cop. Spoken like a gentleman of the old school. Not when they got all the exits covered, especially. I'm giving up. That's using your head, Stanley. Stanley, he hasn't... Hey, yeah, Captain. Here's my gun. I'm ready to confess. I don't want your gun. I just want Take the... it, you fool. Take it. Okay, I'll go. Now do I get my fare? Yes, you get your fare, my friend. And you know what I'm going to give you for a tip? What's that? A new cab. But first, get on the phone and tell the police to come over, will you? Tell them there are some people here I'd like them to meet. You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint. The Robin Hood of Modern Crime. 
And now, here is our star, Tom Conway. Ladies and gentlemen, in our cast, you heard Joyce McCluskey as Linda and Sandra Gould as the nurse. Brooke Temple played Tex. Ted DeCorsia George. Lamont Johnson was the lieutenant. Ed Max Stanley and Howard McNear, the cab driver. And this is Tom Conway inviting you to join us again next week at the same time for another exciting adventure of The Saint. Good night. script of The Saint was written by Michael Cramoy. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris, is a James L. Safier production and is directed by Helen Mack. Tom Conway is soon to be seen in the Warner Brothers production, Painting the Clouds with Sunshine. And all you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Your announcer, Hal Gibney. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Now stay tuned for more great mystery entertainment as Lloyd Nolan stars in Martin Kane, Private Eye. Yes, now hear Martin Kane, Private Eye on this same NBC station. He's the daring private investigator who's become a popular hero throughout the nation. Now you'll hear Lloyd Nolan as Martin Kane every Sunday immediately following The Saint. Listen first for The Saint, then stay tuned for Martin Kane, Private Eye, starring Lloyd Nolan. Hear him next on NBC. The National Broadcasting Company. Stay tuned for The Aldridge Family, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Aldridge Family and their attempt to use the barter system in the household. A teenage boy has always scampered across the American scene. Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, Penrod, Tex Bad Boy. Maybe there's a good reason why. Maybe in a typical American boy like Henry Aldrich, people can see someone they once were or once knew. The scene opens on the front porch of the Aldrich home. The time is late afternoon. Gee, Homer, you're just worrying over nothing. Well, Henry, that isn't the way my father said he would have done it. Well, my father will get it, Homer. Why do you think he's taking the time to drive way out to Mr. Frederick's farm if he can? Oh, boy, I certainly hope he can collect it. Homer, he's going to tell Mr. Frederick right straight to his face how much he owes us for the work we did this summer. And your father thinks he can get it all? Sure he can, Homer. He'll get our whole eight dollars. Well, my father said that if a man owed him that much for working as hard as we did, he wouldn't go all the way out there. He'd just sue him. Boy, Homer, your father doesn't know anything about a thing like that. All he does is sell lumber. Because my father's one of the best lawyers in the state. He can talk anyone into giving him money. How? I don't know, but it's a knack you have if you're a lawyer. And, And nobody puts anything over on my father. When he goes after a thing, he gets it. He does? And how? You just wait until he comes back and hands us each four dollars. But, Father, didn't I make it clear Mr. Frederick owed us eight dollars? 
Henry, for the last time, I collected it. In money, Mr. Aldrich? Uh, no, Homer, not in money. As I said before, I collected the equivalent. Sam, what do you mean by the equivalent? I mean, Alice, that Mr. Frederick didn't have the cash. So he paid it in corn. In what? <laughs> corn, Mrs. Aldrich. Gee, Father, not that we don't appreciate your trying, but what Homer and I had really planned and was, well, you know, money. Gee whiz, Mr. Aldrich, my father said Never mind what your father said, Homer. There's nothing wrong with being paid in corn. It's the ancient principle of barter and exchange. It is? Of course. It's a simple case of applied economics. You boys will learn a great deal from this transaction. It's taught me one thing already. I'm glad to hear it, Homer. The next time I do any work, I'm getting my money in advance. (laughs) Now, Homer... Sam, how much corn did he give the boys? Tomorrow morning, Alice, he's driving his truck in with 12 bushels. 12 bushels? Of corn? Yes, Mrs. Aldrich, 12 bushels. Where in heaven's name are you going to keep it? In the basement, Mother, until we can figure out what to do with it. Well, that's very nice, I'm sure. Mr. Aldrich, how much is it worth, a bushel? Uh, well, I'm afraid it isn't worth a great deal right now, but naturally, if you hold it, you'll find the price will fluctuate. Sure, sure it will. What do you mean, fluctuate, Henry? (laughs) Boy, Homer, you sure are dumb. It means that... Tell him, will you, Father? The fluctuation reflects the cost of living. The price may be down, but only temporarily. Sooner or later, it'll go up. Sam, what is it you're suggesting the boys do? Trade in corn? Now, Alice, it'll be a very good experience for them. They'll learn the principles of supply and demand. This will teach them the value of money. She whiz, Father, I know the value of money. It's the value of corn I'm worrying about. <laughs> well, don't worry about it, dear. You and Homer can corner the market with your 12 bushels and make a killing when it goes up. Alice, for heaven's sake. I'm sorry, Sam. Please hurry and get ready for dinner. Were you including me, Mrs. Aldrich? Why, no, Homer, I wasn't. However, if you feel that you want to stay... Oh, I, I couldn't stay unless I was specially asked. Well, in that case, dear, perhaps the next time. Could you start that over again, Mrs. Aldrich? Come on, Homer, I'll go to the door with you Well, thanks for your trouble, Mrs. Aldrich And thank you for your trouble, Mr. Aldrich No trouble at all Understand, Henry, I'm not criticizing Only you should have gotten my father to handle this Now listen, is that a slur on my father? Oh, gee whiz, no The only thing is, I don't know how he makes a living Homer, 12 bushels of corn or 12 bushels of corn? Well, I can figure that much myself. But when I go up to the dance committee and get two tickets for the class dance, what am I going to hand them? Six bushels of corn? <laughs> that hasn't even fluctuated yet? <laughs> well, you aren't any worse off than I am. Eleanor Wentworth, haven't I? Boy, I don't know how I'm going to be able to face Betty Newton. Listen, Homer, why don't you see if your mother wouldn't be interested in buying it? The can. The whole 12 bushels? We could quote her a reasonable price. Sure. You want my mother to get us out of a hole that your father got us into. Homer, Homer, we aren't in any hole. You just don't realize how valuable that corn is going to be. When? When it fluctuates. When it fluctuates. Henry, in which room is the class holding the meeting? Right there in 2A. Did you try the wayside market, Homer? Yes, Henry, I've been everywhere. Did you go to the neighborhood grocery? Yes. And they said the same thing everybody else did? No, they just laughed. Well, didn't you tell them what your father said about the price? Homer, people who are laughing aren't in the mood to talk business. 
Boy. I don't know why I want to go to this meeting anyway. All they're going to talk about is the class dance. Did Eleanor Wentworth go in? Sure. And I'll bet the first thing they ask us is, have we bought our tickets? Oh, quiet, Henry. Has the meeting started? No further business. Meeting adjourned. You've all heard the minutes of the last meeting. Are there any announcements? Uh, Mr. President. The chair recognizes Colby Wilson. Although most of the tickets for the dance a week from this Saturday have been sold... There are still a few guys holding back. Oh, boy. Let's not have any slackers, fellas. Let's make it 100%. I'm going out, Henry. No home where they'll see you. Are there any other announcements? Mr. President. Jimmy Bartlett. Uh, Mr. President, I've been a member of this class for a good many years now. Well, I'd like to ask why the tickets have to cost so much. Mr. President, that's what I say. Well, I think the price of a ticket should uh, fluctuate like the cost of living. Homer, would you mind explaining that? Uh, Well, if you don't know, it's not going to do any good to tell you. (laughs) And it isn't the money I mind, it's a principle. Homer, I believe the price of tickets was fully discussed at the last meeting. And you're out of order. What do you mean I'm out of order? I wasn't even at the last meeting. I think we ought to have more principle all the way around. Homer, be quiet. Order, please. Order. Are there any other announcements? Mr. President. Betty Newton. I make a motion that the chairman of the dance read off the list of those boys who haven't bought their tickets yet. The list will be read at the next meeting. Are there any other announcements? Mr. President, I make a motion that we postpone the dance. about four weeks. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Those opposed? No. Mr. President, I make the motion that no boy in this class be allowed to bring any girl to the dance that isn't in the class. Mr. President. Yes, Toby? I object. That amounts to no less than confiscation of personal rights. Mr. President. Henry Aldrich. I've been listening with great interest to all the complaints about this dance, and and naturally, it worries me. I'm not sure, but I, I think I have a suggestion. We had a good dance last year, and we had a good dance the year before. And I guess if we're all here, we'll have another one next year. I certainly hope we will, because I like to dance. But, but gee, I, I don't know. Sometimes I start wondering if dancing is everything in life. How about trying something else, just one year? The evenings are nice now. They're a little chilly, maybe, but... We're going to have a moon, I think. Why waste our time indoors, just dancing? Well, what do you suggest? Why, uh, a sort of cornrows. <laughs> a what? Uh, I make a motion that this class show a little originality and initiative and have a cornrow. I second the motion. <laughs> Order, please. I do. Mr. President. Wait a minute, Henry Aldrich. I'm not through dancing yet. I mean, talking. <laughs> uh, the only trouble with having a corn roast is where are you going to get the corn? It's hard to find this time of year. <laughs> but if we have enough, enough initiative and originality to want a corn roast, then I'm willing to personally guarantee that I will find the corn. Somehow. <laughs> I second that motion, too. What motion, Homer? What? The 
There wasn't an emotion. Well, then I make one. Oh, sit down. Now, wait a minute. Where are your principles? Homer, shut up. There has been a motion that instead of a dance, we show little originality and initiative by holding a corn roast. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? No! The boys have it. It'll be a corn roast. Homer, tell Henry Aldridge somebody wants him outside. I'm wanted outside? Somebody wants you out in the main office. Hey, come on, Homer, I'm wanted. Mr. President, does this mean we will or will not have punch also? Yeah! <laughs> Gee, Henry, did you steamroller that? Homer, it just happens that I did it for the sake of the class. You did? Sure. I really think a corn roast is a better idea than a dance. And if it happens that we have the corn they need, we'll let them have it. Just what they need, no more and no less. Well, how much do you think they'll need, Hen? About 12 bushels. Mm. <laughs> Henry, I wonder who wants you in the front office. Henry Aldrich! Where did you come from, Eleanor? I just followed you out of the class meeting, and I want to tell you that every girl in there is so mad at you, they're never going to speak to you again. They're all mad at me? My goodness, Henry. You even invited me to go to the class dance with you. Well, sure, Eleanor, but let me explain. Henry, I even bought a dress for the dance, a brand-new taffeta dress. Well, look here, what's Don't the... I look nice eating corn on the cob in taffeta? But she was, Eleanor. All we did was substitute a corn roast for the dance. And you can just substitute another girl. Goodbye. Eleanor, wait. Oh, no, I won't. Eleanor, wait. Wait. Homer Brown. Oh, boy. Come on, Henry. Here comes Betty. You wait for me, Homer Brown. Oh, did you want to speak to me? Yes, I do. Do you realize I can't eat sweet corn? Why not? Because I got this brace on my teeth. And I've got to wear it for three more months. Gee whiz, Betty, you're too self-conscious about it. That's right. It's not the least bit noticeable. Unless you smile. Don't be but, but gee whiz, Betty. Henry Aldrich! Oh, boy, who's that? It's your sister, Henry. Mary? What's she doing here in school? Oh, has she got a complaint, too? Henry, I've been waiting for you in the main office. Here, you left this morning without your lunchbox. Oh, well, thanks very much. And, Henry, when you come home from school this afternoon, you're to stop at the store and see if you can get 12 ears of fresh-picked corn. Corn? Yes. We've got corn. She was 12 bushels came this morning before I left the house. But Mother says we can't eat that, Henry. My goodness, how could we eat it? Why couldn't we? It's horse corn. <laughs> it's what corn? Horse. Horse? Horse? Does that mean we can't have the corn roast? Homer, that means if anything is going to be roasted, it'll be us. And now, getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Henry and Homer have talked the junior class into holding a corn roast instead of a dance in order to sell their 12 bushels of corn. While congratulating themselves on their success, they learned that they have in their possession not sweet corn, but horse corn. The scene opens that afternoon in the Aldridge basement. Understand, Henry, I'm not criticizing your father, but don't you think he should have known this was horse corn? Why should he have? After all, my father's a lawyer, not a farmer. To him, corn is corn. Well, listen, Henry, I've been thinking. Couldn't we still sell it to the class, even if it is really just for horses? Look, Homer, you see this front tooth? Yes. I lost that tooth once, biting into an ear of horse corn. Looks all right to me. Sure, it grew out again, but the one I had, I lost. You did? 
Sure. And do you want us to be responsible for the whole class losing their front teeth? Well, couldn't we soak it in butter and soften it up a little? <laughs> and not serve it until after dark? No, Homer. Oh, well, here we are, Henry, stuck with those 12 bushels of horse food. And the whole junior class is waiting for something to eat. <laughs> Eleanor, I don't want to hear another word about the class dance. But Mother, it isn't to be a dance. It's to be a corn roast. And Henry Aldrich expects me to go with him. But you're not going out and buy clothes just for a corn roast. Oh, we bought you a lovely taffeta dress to dance in. Oh, why aren't you having the dance? Henry thought it would be much more original for us not to have one. Well, you have plenty of clothes that are good enough to eat corn in. But nothing that Henry hasn't seen me in before. And this is going to be a very original occasion. Dear, you can't expect me to buy you a dress for every single occasion. It's silly, Eleanor. But, Mother, I'll economize. I'll get something that I can wear to corn roasts and weenie roasts. Oh, oh Mother, if I don't get a new dress, I'll just die. I know it. Oh, I'd have a hard time explaining that to your father. Oh, uh, I'll die. Uh, all right. <laughs> can you uh, meet me at the Emporium tomorrow? Oh, yes, Mother, and thank you. I saw just the thing down there I have in mind. Sit right where you are, Mother. I'll answer the phone for you. Hello? Hello, is this Eleanor? Yes. This is Betty. I just had a great idea. What about? Well, you know that corn roast we're having? Yes. Well, my uncle has a cabin down by the lake, and I asked him whether the whole class could meet there. And what do you think, Eleanor? What? He said he'd be very glad to let us have it, and he's sending two men out there to get the whole thing cleaned up for us. Really? Yes. I think it's a very original idea, don't you? Yes, I was just telling my mother. And what else do you think? What? The dentist is going to take the brace off my teeth. He is? As a special favor, just for the weekend. That's wonderful. And oh boy, am I looking forward to it. I should imagine. I think it's terribly exciting. I should think you would. And how? You know, it's been years since I've eaten sweet corn. <laughs> Gee, Henry, everything's going swell. They haven't even mentioned the corn roast. Quiet, Homer. I think they've forgotten they voted on it. Quiet, please. Quiet. The next item on the agenda is report on the corn roast. Oh, where is Henry Ulrich? Oh, boy, Homer. There he is, Mr. President. Is that Ulrich back in the corner? Uh, yes, Mr. President. Will you make a report? Well, I'd like to say a few words on that subject. It has uh, come to my attention that some of the people around here are a little upset by the corn situation. We, we've always been pretty proud of the harmony in the class, and I think it would be a great mistake if we let an innocent suggestion by me about having a corn roast split us wide open. <laughs> if, after all, we have our annual what-you-may-call-its to have a good time. And, and for that reason, I think it's foolish to go ahead willy-nilly with a corn roast. I second the motion. No motion has been made yet, Homer. <laughs> then I second it when it's made. Oh, you're out of order. Is that so? Well, just as a matter of principle, I'd like to know... Sit down, Homer. <laughs> okay, okay. If you're opposed to a corn roast, Henry, what do you suggest in its place? Uh, a dance. Mr. President, we girls have a right to know where we stand around here. After getting us worked up to the point where we want corn, you're going to make us dance? Uh, don't misunderstand me, Betty. 
I, I think we ought to have a dance and corn. Oh, only, only work them together so that everybody will be satisfied and there won't be any hard feelings. How? Well, um, why couldn't we show a little originality and initiative and have sort of a barn dance? You know what I mean? Only not a plain, ordinary barn dance. This would be different. The decorating. Nothing but ears of corn. Mr. President, I second that motion. Mr. President, may I ask why we can't have corn to eat instead of just corn for decorations? Because along this time of the year, Toby, you take horse corn, for instance. It's very colorful and nice to look at, while sweet corn is liable to be tough. You, you don't want to lose a tooth when you're out on a social event, do you? I can take care of my teeth. <laughs> but I say, why take a chance? After all, we can eat corn any old time. Why get into a rut? I think we ought to be the first class in the history of Central High or any other school that has the originality and initiative to have a plain corn dance. Yeah. talk of when they graduate, they're going to have two separate commencements. Oh, Lord. Well, the girls say they won't be seen graduating from the same platform as the boys. Come on, Is that you, Henry? Yes, Mother. Hello, Mrs. Aldrich. Hi, Mary. Hello, Homer. Henry, how on earth did you get your shirt torn? My shirt? My shirt? Oh, gee whiz. Do you know who I think tore it, Henry? Who? Betty. When did she do that? Right after Natalie White slapped his face. <laughs> Henry, what did she slap your face for? I took the floor away from her. <laughs> you what? I, I, I took the floor away from her. We had a class meeting. Homer, you better get some mercurochrome for your face. It's all scratched up. That was Madeline Miller. My goodness, she must have long fingernails. Not anymore. <laughs> Henry, you didn't get into a fight with any of the girls, did you? She was no. I was a gentleman through the whole thing. I don't understand what caused the whole thing. Well, we had what you might call a close vote. See, Mother? Well, we got it through, didn't we, Henry? What did you get through? Oh, just a little motion I made. Uh, listen, Mother, where'd you put the corn? The corn? Sure, my 12 bushels. Well, it's downstairs in the basement, dear. Oh, no, it isn't, Mrs. Aldrich. Yes, it is, Homer. Mary, we were just down there. And there wasn't even one basket there. Well, I don't understand it. Mother, did you go out at all today? Yes, I did. Did you lock all the doors? All but the back door. 
Oh, boy. You think our corn's been stolen, Henry? Sure it has, Homer. Sure it has. Dear, don't be ridiculous. No one is going to steal 12 bushels of corn you can't eat. Corn? You boys aren't worried about the corn, are you? We sure are, Father. Hello, Sam. Hello, dear. Do you know anything about the corn, Sam? I certainly do. Who took it? Who took it? I did. You did? After all, I wasn't going to let Mr. Frederick stick my own son with a load of useless horse corn. No, sir. So I just went out there and made him take it back. You haven't got the corn anymore? I should say not. Did Mr. Fredericks give you the money? No, potatoes. <laughs> potatoes? Nobody puts anything over on Sam Aldrich, let me tell you. I'm a pretty sharp trader, you know. But, Father... Mr. Aldrich... Don't bother to thank me. It was my own fault for not being more careful in the first place. But, Father... Mr. Aldrich... I let him know quite plainly I would stand for no nonsense. But, Father... Mr. Aldrich... <laughs> See that window in the Emporium? That dress in the center? Yeah. That's exactly like the one I got for the corn roast. Only mine was blue. And they won't let you take it back? No. That's why my mother's so mad at our class. Well, look, Betty, I guess you're going on, and this is about as far as I go. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye. Eleanor. Oh, hello, Mother. I wondered whether you'd be here. Now, Eleanor, are you sure you have to buy a special outfit just for a barn dance? My goodness, yes. After all, I can't wear a corn roast dress to a corn dance, especially when the whole dance was Henry's idea. going to do? Let's just wait and see if something happens. Well, we're still stuck with the potatoes. Homer, relax. Take it easy. My father says that's a trouble. We've been taking it easy when we should have been tough. I'm going to make a motion. What motion? Well, I don't know yet. Mr. Uh, Mr. President. President! Homer Brown. I had the floor first. Nobody recognized you. Sit down, Homer. As long as there is some doubt about who had the floor first, I think we should recognize the young lady. Yeah. Suggestion, but I second Betty's motion. Yeah! 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 
Hey, Henry, who wrote that article? Who do you think? Well, gee whiz. Why didn't you tell me? I even put the paper on Betty's desk. Hey, Homer. Homer, there's a fellow in the hall that wants to see you. He wants to see me? Who is it? I don't know. Somebody just told me. Come on, Homer, let's get out. We're sitting pretty. I'll say we are. Order! Order! All those in favor of our contributing advance proceeds to potatoes instead of decorating with corn, please signify Henry, do you see anyone out here? No. Hello, Homer. Father! What are you doing here? Well, I just went out and had a talk with that farmer who owed you money. You did, Mr. Brown? Yes, sir, and I fixed things. I told him he couldn't unload first horse corn and then old potatoes that were even sprouting. Maybe he could do that to Sam Aldrich, but he couldn't do it to me. You mean you got our money, Father? No, he didn't have any cash. But I made him come across with 25 baskets of spinach. Spinach? Oh, boy, Homer, not even the poor will take spinach. again, Eleanor? It certainly is. The more I think about it, a spinach dance. A spinach dance. And I have a brand new yellow taffeta. Well, couldn't you go as a slice of egg? (laughs) The Aldrich Family is written by Clifford Goldsmith. Henry is played by Bobby Ellis and Homer by Johnny Fiedler. Mr. and Mrs. Aldridge are House Jameson and Catherine Roth. Your announcer is Dick Dudley. Listen again next week, same time, same station, for another sparkling half hour with the Aldridge family. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you'll be along next week as I uncover more gems from the golden age of radio. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.